Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello and welcome back to the Lunch Bell Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, co-hosting alongside Jared, Bart, Lucas, and Aiden. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, we're going to go over some quick news that we missed. Dylan Brooks has dodged the media two games in a row. I, I was trying to look to see if he uh, addressed the media after the Lakers lost to the Grizzlies in Memphis. I've not seen anything yet, but he did say that he feels like he's been painted as a villain. And... <laughs> You know, he decided that he just. Well, you were the painter. He was the painter. If he's been painted as a villain, self-portrait. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't like doing updates because if you care about the playoffs, you probably are in tune with what's going on. But Jimmy Butler did drop a career high fifty-six to take a lead three-one against the Bucks, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, If you have been watching the show, listening to the show for a long time, you do know I am the number one Jimmy Butler fan. So this is just another feather oh, in my no. cap to say that uh, I've always been <laughs> right about is. one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. Wyatt called the yeah. credit for what? <laughs> exactly. Wyatt said that it was going to be a fifty-six point game beforehand. We all saw that message. In the I chat, called right? the Miami Heat's making the finals a couple of years ago, and I've and I've ridden that train <laughs> a ever since. Years ago. <laughs> uh, remind me so where you had the okay. Heat ranked in our playoff power rankings. I don't even know if did you I said rank them, them, but you couldn't have had them that high. I, don't I said did, them, but like I said, yeah. So where, <laughs> what did they fall? They to? were fourteen or something. Yeah, they were they were not high. At that point, they they were they had lost their first playing game. So, oh yes. <laughs> um, Dejounte Murray was suspended one game for intentionally bunk, bumping a ref um, after game three, so he missed game four. Trey Young kept it alive, and now he gets a chance to uh, what re revitalize his name. I guess you could say, or maybe do it again. I don't know what his plans are. Um, Anthony Edwards is facing two charges of third degree assault after swinging a chair and hitting two arena employees in a last night's game. Incredibly weird. I saw the video. It's an incredibly weird video. He is sprinting off the court. He grabs a chair. He does a full 360. And as he's doing the 360, he lets go of the chair and it hits two employees on the side. He didn't like knock him out or anything like that. It basically is like, when like a scooter hits your shins, but they still did want to press charges, and it was stupid. It was incredible. Like I don't know what he thought would happen there, but right, yeah. What are you picking up it's chairs like, for? It's like when you get hit uh, when you get hit by a car on a college campus. You know that metaphor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've all been there, where it's like I don't care if it was intentional or not. I'm gonna make a claim so that I can get money off this person. If you get hit by a rich NBA player. <laughs> You're going to call the cops. But it was weird, too. You said it was a weird video. Because it was like he premeditated it. Because he, like, in the sense that the moment the game ended, he ran off the court and he did that. It was like he was planning on doing it before the buzzer even sounded. It was very strange. I don't know why he did that. Yeah. It, yeah. He wants everybody to know how much he cares, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cry. Cry and sit. the third recent Timberwolves player to complain about the Gobert trade. <laughs> so. Exactly. He should have thrown them at Gobert. I don't know. Also, apparently, they're not. People aren't suing. He like is being criminally charged. Which, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What can you sue yeah. for, if if there is no criminal charge? 
I don't know. It's all speculation. I didn't go to law school. One of us, we famously, one of us did not graduate from Notre Dame on this podcast. So um, it was Bart. But we'll see. <laughs> so Joel Embiid did suffer an injury against the Brooklyn Nets, although it was a very quick series. He has a sprained LCL after falling down awkwardly, what looked like in the video, at least the video that gives it credit from when he got the injury. But Jared... Can the Sixers ever rely on Joel Embiid if they want to win a title? I think they can, yeah. I think there's two reasons I think that. I know Embiid has missed many playoff games, but if you actually look at how he's played in those series, he still has played pretty well. And a lot of his injuries as well happen, they somehow happen in the first series for some reason, but after he returns, he doesn't miss any more games the rest of the playoffs. So if you look at, for example, like the 2021 NBA playoffs, Game four, he, he's uh, the first round. He suffered a small lateral meniscus tear in his right knee. Uh, the next And the next uh, series was against the Hawks. He played all the games, 30 points a game, 12 rebounds per game. Pretty good series, I'd say. The 2020 NBA playoffs, they did get swept, but he was playing with an ankle injury. Again, averaged 30 points a game, 12 rebounds. Lucas always talks about how the Sixers were probably a Kawhi bounce away from a championship in 2019. And beat was hurt. And Bede was hurt during that playoff run too, with left knee soreness. First round, he missed Game Three against the Nets. Came back Game Four again, put up 31 points, and played decent. He didn't play as well in the Raptors series, but it wasn't terrible. Like 17 points a game, eight rebounds, three assists a game. And I see the additional point that helps out this year, for example, is that the other series, the way it's been shaken out, have kind of helped the 76ers. Because this year's playoffs is, is kind of a war of attrition in a lot of ways. There, there's just a bunch of injuries everywhere. And the way that the um, Hawks-Celtics series is playing out is they're getting more rest with them now, too. Giannis, is, even if he's back, he's also playing hurt, too. And they might not even have to face the Bucks. They might get the Heat or whoever uh, comes out of that part of the bracket, too. Um, so I think overall, even when Embiid is hurt, he actually still plays pretty well when he does come back. And I think that gives me enough confidence to say they can make a run for one title, I think. I think they can rely on him. Yeah, I looked at his playoff game logs on Basketball Reference. He's played. They've played 54 playoff games since he's been on the Sixers, and he's missed seven of them. And he's never missed more than two in a, in a postseason. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like he kind of gets a bad rap. Like, mm-hmm. that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so now to 54 missed is like obviously not what you want out of your superstar, but especially now with the extra rest from the Hawks winning, he might not miss any more this year. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I, too is is he's know. he's a gamer too. Like he he's definitely he's playing hurt. He's playing sick like he did in the 2019. He had like a bunch of like flu and like illness and all that sort of stuff too. That's the thing I like about him is he's a gamer. And unless and another thing too in, in terms of like. This is just maybe more of a aside, but I kind of think I get um, like a little angry on, sometimes on how we talk about player injuries because I think there's like an implicit blame on the person when people's bodies just are, betray you. It's going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. Your body's just going to betray you at some point. And obviously NBA athletes, of course, rely on their body more than other than like somebody that's like a working in a cubicle or whatever. Than the average but, human being. Yeah, than the average human being. But I think I the implicit blame that's put on players about injuries unless they're like not taking care of their body otherwise or something but i don't think that's the case with Embiid. i think the implicit blame is actually kind of annoys me now 
now that I've gotten gotten a little older, you know, I don't know. But I, I would say it definitely does annoy <laughs> me that, like, it's not the player's fault. Okay, well, I think with Joel yeah, Embiid specifically, and sorry, Lucas, I think he gets some blame, like, subconsciously, is because he is a silly player. Like, there are there are lengthy montages across the internet of Joy, Joel Embiid's behavior regarding contact, and every bit of contact he's flopping around, falling over, getting scraped up off the ground every chance he can get. <clears throat> and if he, like, acted like a physical specimen that he is, a seven-foot physical specimen, and was a brick wall to opposing defenders... And like welcomed physicality more. I think you would look at him more as like that was a freak accident rather than a guy who is just like soft. I think that that's part of his persona is that he is a no, little. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna dispute that. The, the whole falling thing is like medical advice from a doctor because he had so much trouble with his knees early on, um, and because big guys generally have such a ton like have so many problems with their knees. See, I don't know Greg Oden, for example. Mm. Like I think that. The doctors told him instead of like taking hard contact when you get hit, you just need to fall, like because your your the rest of your body can better absorb the blow than like the repetitive impact on like your knees and like taking those hard hits. So like I know he has a reputation as a flopper. I don't. It's I think it is medically necessary for him from everything that I've read. <laughs> like in a weird roundabout way. So I'm not gonna detract him from that. I just think that like I don't know. It, I have invested a lot of emotional energy in Joel Embiid helping the Sixers win, and it feels like there's always something. And I realize that he's played well and that he's played most of the time, but even if he's playing well, I'm always like, oh, is he playing 100% as well as he could have? Like, there have been injuries in every series. Uh, like, mm-hmm. even he comes back and plays, and I feel like every playoffs there's something. And yes, he still plays well. I do think he's a gamer. I think he's awesome. But I think that... There's always that, like, little bit of the thing in the back of my mind nagging that's like, well, if he hadn't, like, had that tormentous, the little bit of tormentous in whatever series, would he have averaged, like, two or three points more per game and without a made a difference or grabbed another rebound or two? And so, like, yeah, I mean, he gets a bad rap because of all the injuries, and I think to some extent that's unfair, but I also think that it just is, like, clockwork every single year where there's, like, something. And even though he plays well, I'm never sure of how much it's actually impacting his play. Like, could he be more dominant without all his injuries? Could he, like, would things just be different if, yeah, it happened? And I don't want to blame him either. Like, I'm with Jared. I think that, like, your body just gives in sometimes. And especially when you're a seven-foot-tall, like, person. Like, that just, like, happens to basketball players we see all the time. But I think that, like... I'm not convinced the Sixers can ever rely on him to make a run just because I think the injuries just keep piling up and keep piling up. And I'm not sure when they'll sort of reach a critical mass of being too much that like he just won't be able to play to the level that he's capable of. Well, I guess isn't a better question to ask is if you can rely on James Harden and Doc Rivers, uh, arguably two of the least reliable uh, playoff performers in recent history that you can instead of Joel Embiid being the guy despite like you said he does get a bad rap for missing a couple games it's not like he's missing series but during those times where he needs somebody else to supplement some of his game <clears throat> James Harden has not exactly thrived and Doc Rivers is not great <clears throat> is yeah, it, I think is, James Harden has been like actively bad these playoffs at points like, like, the number of, like, turnovers he's had, the number of times where I've just been, like, watching one of the games and he goes down the floor 
and just like dribbles off his foot or like dribbles like right into traffic and turns it over is enough that I like am noting it, which means that it's not like an insignificant thing that's happening. So I'm I'm a little worried about Harden. I'm less worried about Doc. Doc's actually, for all his struggles, has been coaching really well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm a little bit worried about Harden because the net series. It's not thirty four percent too. I uh, I heard earlier. I just confirmed that too. Yeah. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it's that's pretty bad. And then there's like turnovers. Like he's still a great facilitator. But I don't know. The it hasn't looked yeah great they need at all more times. than eighteen assists from a player. Like you can't just be yeah. as bad as you are. And be like, well, he had he had thirteen assists. You see how great he distributes. There's yeah. not there's not no, good I enough. Agree. Especially because he's a minus defender. Like, it's not like he's, well, you know, he's like Lonzo Ball, where he, at least he's going to give you some really cool passes and he's going to go and defend one of the, the one or two best guys. He, if he is not scoring out there, it is almost, it, it could be considered a net negative to, to keep him on the floor. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. He didn't shoot a free throw in the first two games. That's pretty <laughs> bad for, like, one of the most, notorious like free throw merchants like in nba history to not shoot a single one like he's just not getting to the rim anymore he's like missing layups he's still a fine like outside shooter like that hasn't fallen away but his ability to like get to the cup and like score is also bad like i think the other thing i've noticed him doing to the point where it's like something that i'm again like with the dribbling into traffic and just turning it over that is like noticeably bad is the the missing the layups like it just see and like not drawing contact on the layups either like not only is he missing but he's also like not drawing contact and getting to the line which is frustrating to watch for somebody who that used to be the calling card so i mean we'll see how it turns out but speaking of mystery Kawhi Leonard missed a handful of games turns out he has a torn meniscus in one of his knees um, he only played one actual game in the – excuse me, he played two 30-plus-a-minute games in the playoffs against the Suns this last uh, series that we talked about in the previous episode. And Stephen A. and Colin Coward have now claimed that Kawhi is one of the worst superstars in the league. Bart, what do the Clippers do now with Kawhi following everything that's happened this year? Yeah, I think it's time to move on or try to move on. And the and the claw era in LA, uh, I mean it's the classic cliche, right? Like the best ability is availability, and Kawhi just leaves you wanting there. He has missed 147 games for the Clippers since he joined them, which is almost half of the games they played. It's pretty nuts. Kind of like Embiid, he's like a bit better in the playoffs. He hasn't missed that much time, uh, but he's enough. He's missed enough to where it, I think that's also like a valid criticism. I think the biggest problem, though, isn't like the injuries in and of themselves, but the salary to production ratio is just not where it needs to be for a guy like him. I, I crunched the numbers because ESPN gives you salary info, and he's got the fifth highest uh, average salary per game played since he joined the Clippers. Uh, in other words, it's, it's terrible. Like he, he, they're paying him, like I think he's been the sixth highest earner in the league, uh, and he just does not play enough to warrant that. Paul George is also bad in this, by the way. So it's kind of like, I think both of them are, have a lot of the same criticisms, but we can talk a little bit more about Paul George later. I wanted to quickly mention one thing about what Stephen A. Smith said. Uh, I just think it's weird because Kevin Durant has actually missed more time since Kawhi joined the Clippers, and he also hasn't won anything in that time frame. So if we're going to say these things about Kawhi, I think we should also give KD some flack. 
but that's just a quick aside. So yeah, I think I think the Clippers do need to move on though, but it's just tough because Paul George and Kawhi both have two years left. They have like a guaranteed year and then a player option. I would assume they're both going to take it. They're 32 and 33 respectively starting next season. Neither one can reliably stay healthy. Kawhi especially is terrible because it's once again the knee, right? Like you said, it's the torn meniscus now. He's got the the, the degenerative thing. He tore his ACL. He had surgery, so he missed the whole season. So how can you possibly expect them to get more healthy as they get older? I don't think it's possible. I don't know who the trade suitors would be, but they might they might exist, and I think the Clippers should definitely be trying because, like, at this point, you're paying these, both of these guys too much money, and they're not healthy often mm-hmm. enough to warrant that. So mm-hmm. it's probably time to, you know, close this era and try to basically rebuild from scratch with new draft picks. Yeah. Colin Coward, too, has been on the, the train that Steve Ballmer is done. Done with Kawhi. He's done with all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as he should be. I think this is just like you were saying too, Jared. Like, it's not some people are saying like Kawhi is like stringing them along. He doesn't want to play. I think this is also an example of a player whose body is just not like yep. he just can't yeah. hold up, and it's not really anybody's fault. Yeah, yeah. It's also crazy to me. Like, I feel I I, I actually did not know the KD stat either because I don't know what it is about the public perception about it, but I just feel like I assume Kawhi has missed way more time. It's because of the what, it's because of the San know. Antonio situation. It's, when he had that dispute with the team doctors yeah, and that's kind of followed him. Yeah. And I think, and I mean, yeah. and Kevin Durant missed the whole season with an Achilles injury, which I know mm-hmm. is not like, it, it's not mm-hmm. like it didn't happen, but Kawhi missed more time uh, throughout a year. And Kevin Durant, since that injury has been, I think if you did it from that time frame, he would be far more available than what Kawhi Leonard is. Well, Kawhi also missed the whole season when he got his ACL repaired. Yeah, coupled with a lot of other rest periods in between. I don't think KD takes his... I think when KD is ready to go, he goes. And he and he plays a lot. Yeah. Lucas, you're going to say something? Um, I don't know. We, we got sidetracked onto KD and his time missed. Uh, so I will pass sure. the baton elsewhere. The championship so. window is completely closed for the Clippers. <laughs> the best chance that they got uh, was when they blew the 3-1 lead in the bubble to Denver. I know that the next year after that, they lost to the Suns in six in the conference finals. The year after that, they missed the playoffs. Uh, and then they just lost four straight in this year's playoffs as well. He was supposed to be a championship guru, a playoff assassin, following his uh, stout stint in Toronto and that's all gone and there's there's I don't know if there's any more meaningful games of basketball left in Kawhi Leonard's career and there certainly was no meaningful games of basketball played during the Kawhi Leonard era in Los Angeles and like like, these injuries are not they're played by the Lakers I know that we're we've (laughs) a lot of a lot of talk here about the way bodies are um and how people can rely on them like these aren't baby injuries where you know, we're talking about personas of whether or not he just doesn't want to, and he's sitting out like he's partially torn ACL, torn meniscus now. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Wilds on First Thing First said that he's probably not a healthy player who gets injured. He is a consistently injured player who fights to get healthy, and that the idea that that he is he just like doesn't have yeah. it. He does not have the body to play basketball at a high intensity for a long extent of time. Um, so the problem with Kawhi Leonard is that he is a number two with a number one contract. And that's going to require probably some some level of number one assets to get him. 
maybe somewhere on the, along the lines of what Dallas gave up to get Kyrie Irving. Um, but there are, there are not really situations in the league that can take that on and pour resources into saying that we are a Kawhi basketball team and we also want to win a championship. I think Paul George has more value um, outside of that. I know that he gets hurt as much as, as well, but I don't think that Paul George is in the same boat physically as Kawhi Leonard is. The only spot that I can see Kawhi really going to is Portland. And that's not even that much uh, great of a case. Ooh, yeah. Dame does not. He, Dame plays like 66, 67 games. He played 28 one year. I think he played 54 this year. But that I think that was partially because he got shut down as well. But Dame is a killer. Dame is a, an incredible performer. And he would take a lot of the pressure off of Kawhi Leonard physically um, where he, maybe Kawhi can play 25 minutes a game and not have to play a full 42 or 46. Um, so that would probably at best be a one or two year rental, but and, and require some major capital but, along the lines of Anthony Simons or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a bad situation for both Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Yeah. I just don't understand why the Blazers would be in the market for a rental though. I understand that they have Dame, but they can't possibly think that they're a, very injured Kawhi away from contending, yeah. right? I'm sure they're going to keep Dame. <laughs> anyway, he's gone. Dame's Maybe they gone. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might be desperate enough. I mean, they, Dame has kind of put a lot of pressure on them. It's like you either got to make a choice and keep me and pour resources into into me being here right now or move yeah. me. So it, it might be a situation where, like, you know, that we, we want to see him win a championship <laughs> here. And I don't know if that's possible, but yeah, it's not. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I can't imagine a single scenario in which that is. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they get Wembyama, you know. Yeah. Also, yeah. And then trade for one. Kawhi. Yeah. Trade, and then... trade Wembyama one <laughs> trade. for one for Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about the whole Clippers scenario is that I don't think the Clippers were wrong like to to go for this in the first place or for anything they've no. kind of done mm-hmm. or for most of it. You know, right? Like they just they bet on superstars which has worked in the past for other teams. They bet on a guy who had just won was coming off a championship. Paul George is like a a serious all-star. Like I don't think they did anything wrong. It just it didn't work out. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they just got kind of screwed, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I agree completely. Everyone thought like hey, we we run, we run the West. You know, this is Kawhi's yeah. town, L.A. They put the billboards up and all <laughs> that. And even when Paul George got traded, I thought it was a really big deal. But now it mm-hmm. looks like a, it looks like a major misstep for the franchise mm-hmm. with the way that Shea Gillis Alexander has mm-hmm. progressed as an NBA player. Uh, I'm sure they would love to have him instead, Kawhi and him. And at the very least, we ship Kawhi off and we have a cornerstone in this franchise. And the amount of capital that they had to give up, because obviously, like Oklahoma City now has 15 first round picks. I'm sure they would love to also be in a similar boat where, like, we have assets, we have picks, we have a future, and we can do whatever we want. And now they're on the opposite end where, like, the Brooklyn Nets were, where they've given up major capital for something that didn't work. And, you know, if, if you want teams to go out and take risks, like, 
like Portland trading for Kawhi, you have to allow them to fail. I totally understand that. I'm not saying that they're dumb for doing the deal, but what I'm saying is that they're screwed and uh, they need to, they now need to do what the Brooklyn Nets did. And like, let's just see what we can get back. If I can get, you know, the Warriors pick or whatever, you know, then I'll, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Warriors would be a good team, actually. Draymond, Draymond might be out. Clay is expecting a max contract. He could be out. Might, you think Clay is Clay there. actually expecting a max? <laughs> That's wow. what the report said. That would be a ridiculous <laughs> expectation. Clay is another one of the Clay was one of the few players who had a higher average oh, wow. salary per game, if I remember correctly. He's missed yeah, a really lot of time recently. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't miss time. We're here every week. Twice, in fact. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, find us on social media at lunchpailguys underscore. That's TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and we will see you all back here next week. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>